Hello, my friends. Skip here. Uh, your, uh, hopefully, friend, at least uh, podcast friend. Uh, I hope, and it is always my hope, that you are gaining something from these podcasts. Uh, I guess my job, or I, I think the purpose of these and the reason I keep doing them is... Because I want to uh, offer you a perspective you may not have heard, certainly. Uh, I also want to challenge you a little bit. Uh, I think we all need challenged. Uh, We all need uh, pushed a little bit, or we naturally become comfortable in our box, in our safe space. Because a lot of uh, what we try to do in life is to just create for ourselves a safe reality, a safe space. Uh, I, I think what happens, I think what happens is when you begin your late teens and early 20s, you begin to get uh, a, a dose of reality you begin to see that uh, things are not permanent, that people are going to die, they're going to get sick. Uh, You begin to see that the structures and the systems that uh, the generation before you put in place are not necessarily all that helpful. And sometimes you find out they're, they're harmful. And between the ages of 18 and, and 40, I think uh, part of what it means to be human is to struggle with that. It's, the, it's that transition from the ego that has protected you, you know, through high school or college, uh, to hopefully something more mature. And I think part of that transition, and really part of all transitions in life, be they when we're young or when we're uh, middle-aged or when we're older. Part of that transition, I think, is a necessary anxiety. Now, that may sound strange to you because we spend so much of our time trying to not feel anxiety, trying to not feel anxious. And, you know, severe degrees of anxiety are not helpful. That is to say, if you are worried about every single aspect of life, if you are anxious when there's no reason to be, then you have an issue, you need to get help, Uh, medication if necessary, cognitive therapy if necessary, uh, those sorts of things. I'm going to put a however here. I know I do a lot of howevers, a lot of buts. Uh, but I'm going to put a, a however here. I'm going to, I'm going to put a little, uh, I'm going to pump the brakes on immediately going to the fact that all anxiety is bad. Because I think there just are times in life when you are sensing at a very deep level anxiousness for a reason that there is reason. It's not unlike uh, other emotions. Uh, Anger, for instance. 
there comes a time when you should feel angry for a legitimate reason. That's what that emotion is, is evolutionary. Uh, it's an evolutionary response to the reality that we build. So uh, let me give you an example around anger. Uh, <clears throat> if you are hostile, red-faced, angry, because someone cut you off in traffic, you have an issue. Uh, if you're a bit frustrated, uh, you probably don't have an issue. And I know that's a bold statement from someone who probably doesn't know you, but I'm generalizing. Um, you know, if, if you get cut off in traffic or, or if someone cuts in front of you in a line at the grocery store and you become hostile, your anger's out of control. If you live in constant anxiousness over things, uh, both that you have control of and don't have control of, then that's no way to live. You shouldn't live in anxiousness constantly. Uh, and the same is true with uh, the happy emotions. The you know, uh, you shouldn't live in constant joy all the time. I worked with a person once who never saw a problem. She she lived with these uh, rose-colored denial glasses on, and there was never a problem. Well come to find out uh, there was lots of problems that were just ignored. So you, you can't live in denial of reality and, and be happy all the time. Uh, to be human is to be a mix of these uh, emotive reactions to uh, the world around us. It's how we process. One of the great tragedies, I think, to spirituality to self-help, uh, to religion, uh, is that, and, and to life in general, is that it's presented to us, these things are presented to us as a way to not have anxiety. Uh, well, I think regardless of how spiritually advanced you may or may not be, uh, if you don't have some visceral, some emotive response to the world around you, that's a big problem. That's not spirituality. It really has to do with how you respond to them and your intentions in the midst of them, uh, what you're going to do uh, about each thing in your life. And that's really the purpose for it. That's why I call it necessary anxiety. Now, I'm talking about necessary anxiety because every morning when I get up, um, I got laid off in March, got furloughed in March, ended up getting permanently laid off in June. Uh, so I've had the chance to sort of experience this uh, pandemic and all of its sort of negative, and a lot of its negative aspects firsthand. Luckily, no one close to me or in my family has gotten the virus that has wreaked havoc, but uh, I'm sure we've been exposed. Uh, there is virus in our little Iowa County that we live in. Uh, the kids are anxious about school. Parents are anxious about school. Uh, I'm anxious about where we go next, uh, about 
you know, will the government step in and, and continue to help us uh, make our ends meet? Do my wife and I have to dig into our 401k? Uh, should I be going back to school? Uh, you know, you name it. Not to mention sort of the, the second tier anxieties, uh, the weight gain during quarantine that I'm trying to now take off or, or the effect it's had on my kids not socializing. These are all concerns and they are legitimate concerns. And I think they cause on some level a necessary anxiety. And what that necessary emotion causes me to do is it causes me to act. It causes me to think through things. It causes me to create a plan of, of attack, a plan in which we can proceed through these things with some process or some plan that, that guides us, that acts as a guide. So that anxiety that is caused by watching the television, yeah, you can't let yourself be consumed by the negative but you gotta know what's going on. And you gotta find the place to gather information that feels right and deeply intuitively right, not just intellectually right. You have to approach all things with that sense of meaning and spirituality framed, of course, as always, by love and kindness. And so that should be our guide when we hear compassion, love, kindness, inclusion, that's, that's what we should follow. When we hear the opposite of that, we need to shut that off. Uh, that's toxic. And there are toxic news organizations, there are toxic people, there are toxic politicians, always have been, probably always will be. Right now though, the toxicity level is so high that it is causing an anxiety that is almost borderline habitual. Those of us who try to not overdo anxiety are feeling a level of anxiety because there is a necessary reason for that. We are feeling a new level of anxiety, I meant to say, because there's a reason for that. Uh, things aren't right. Things are askew. Things are happening in our culture and in our world <clears throat> that intuitively for anyone who has any degree, any modicum of spiritual awareness knows there's something not right here. Uh, in our pandemic response and, and how the world has suffered this, uh, in our culture, our society, our nation, uh, there's something really wrong. Something has been exposed and we sense that anxiety. And that anxiety is pushing us to act. And until we as a collective, until we as a nation, as a society, in many ways as a world, uh, acts towards kindness, towards love, towards healing, we're going to have this anxiety that's trying to push us there. Uh, I see a lot of people on Facebook and Instagram and things like that that are saying things like, can't we just not have a bad day or, or can't we just 
get back to normal, whatever that means, or, or I'm so sick of this. Well, yeah, there's a reason for those emotions, folks. There's a reason you're sick of it. And it's not because someone else is making a big deal out of nothing. It's because there's a big, there's some big deals going on in our world. Spiritually, there's a shift. As I've said in prior podcasts, there's a shift in the way humans are going to function. I'm sensing, and I don't mean to overstate this, but I think it is literally the biggest shift in human consciousness, uh, probably since World War II. Uh, probably since World War II. Uh, that moment we uh, vanquished that evil out of our world, that toxicity out of our world in World War II, uh, we vowed to not have it back again. And I think in so many ways, uh, we weren't mature enough at that time to make that full turn. And I think this may be part of that. And that causes me a lot of anxiousness because if you <clears throat> if you know how I think, you know that I don't think these things are set in stone. I think we all have freedom of choice. And the only time my higher power intervenes is immediately after I make each choice. And so and that's just a personal belief. It doesn't mean it's right. Again, you don't have to buy into that. I'm not here to sell you that. I've just noticed in in my life that I do believe there's a higher power. I don't believe that higher power intervenes <clears throat> until, <clears throat> excuse me, until after we have exercised our free will. Right now, we are collectively at a decision moment, and we will be now for a while. Uh, three, six months, a year. I, I think we're going to live in some level of necessary anxiety because you know I know you've heard me say we create our own reality which I do believe but we also do so collectively folks when we engage our society we are creating a reality to live in when we vote for a, a certain politician or we agree to be a part of a certain congregation or we agree to uh, view uh, society in a certain way. What we are doing is engaging in the collective consciousness, in the collective truth, and influencing what that reality will be. Now, that should not be some sort of mystical, magical thinking. It's just a fact. You elect someone they're going to affect your reality. You promote something, it's going to affect your reality. You belong to a certain set of dogmas and beliefs, it's going to affect not just your reality like all these other things do, but collectively, all of these things affect the collective reality of what it means to be human. It's as clear as the nose on our face, folks. We are at every moment choosing to create something, be it positive or negative. I'm convinced that there is a necessary level of anxiety in our world that is prompting us to make choices that will alleviate that anxiety 
And the only thing that alleviates anxiety is choosing what is right and good and loving. I sense that there's a great frustration because so many people have not understood this, that they believe they can exercise or meditate away or medicate away uh, this anxiety. And we can't this time, folks. Uh, this isn't the 90s. And I loved the 90s. It was, it was a decade of transformation for me. Uh, but there, if you recall, those of us old enough, there was a sense in the 90s, and maybe you could name this in the 80s too, maybe even the 70s, where there was a lot of personal anxiety. Well, this is collective anxiety, folks. This is the same anxiety that was there in 1940 when the world was coming off the hinges. Uh, th this is a new thing for people. We have to, as Jesus says, uh, be in the world but not be of it. In other words, yes, you should engage, help to create a better reality. But at the same time, <clears throat> you can't let the reality created, whatever it is, define who you are. You have to retain and maintain that objective spirituality that allows you to make real change in the world. When you let a political persuasion or a religion or whatever it is, an institution define you. That's when you lose yourself. Uh, I hope this was helpful. And I just want to offer you this. Hold on. We're going to make it through this. And a year from now or two years from now, we're going to know exactly why and what all happened. And we're going to come to a new place. So uh, my prayer for all of us is to just hold on. Uh, there is new coming, and there is love that will win. Take care, my friends. Hey, everybody. Uh, Skip here again for uh, another uh, 10 to 15 minutes with you. I hope that uh, the 10 or 15 minutes that uh, you have given me, I hope you know that I... I honor that time. I know that that 10 minutes in life is is not an easy thing to always give to to uh, the world. Time is precious. Uh, it is a valuable commodity. Um, it is a Friday morning. Uh, the sun is just coming up. I'm going to step out. On my deck here, you're hearing my door. We are expecting here in central Iowa a bit of heat today, so if I'm going to enjoy the outside, I, I better get there. You know, the thing that I'm trying to do with this podcast, I'm trying to do several things with these podcasts, and, and certainly one very important aspect of these podcasts is that I simply want to help you uh, equip you uh, accentuate your spiritual journey 
Uh, I'm not here to tell you the meaning of things. And I think that's been one of the one of the problems in our society. It certainly has been one of the big issues with our uh, so-called spiritual institutions. People want to tell you the meaning. People want to inform you of what the meaning of life is or the meaning of your existence. And if they can find something that resonates with you, if they can find an emotion or a way of thinking that, that seems to be right to you or to me, uh, often people like, well, all people will latch on to that. Uh, rare is the person who doesn't. Uh, rare is the person, even the ones who believe that they they set outside of the norm or they uh, rail against the establishment. Typically what happens is they end up in, in a, a institution or a system or a way of thinking that is just as rigid uh, as what they're railing against. That's not an insult, it's a, it's a fact because that's the way our brain works. Our mind is seeking meaning, always. We are born into this world with that mechanism in place. So when I talk about finding meaning, I'm not talking about finding a meaning or finding my meaning. I'm talking about your journey. Your meaning is your meaning. Your journey is your journey and it is individual. And if I can offer you something on the way uh, to help that, that's all this is about. Uh, because as I have said, I am convinced, more than convinced, that the human experience is a, at the very least a part of a, of a wider spiritual journey, uh, of something much more uh, universal, much more deep, much more uh, extensive, uh, much more eternal than we realize. Could I be wrong about that? You betcha. You bet. I've always said that uh, every speech, uh, every uh, time someone gets up and proclaims something, they need to end that speech by saying, could I be wrong? Yes, <laughs> I most certainly could be wrong uh, because we just don't know. That's why it's a journey. That's why we're having to find something. And it's that finding something that's valuable. Uh, otherwise, it's just consumerism, my friends. We just pick a religion to believe in that makes us comfortable. We just pick a political persuasion that makes us comfortable. And it's just consumerism. We just become part of the systems, the false self systems, the egoic systems that exist already. I'm convinced, and I'm going to talk a little bit about this, that we are, when we come into this world, we are equipped for the journey. We have a, a sense of intuition to some degree, to some level. I believe we're born with certain faculties. Uh, the faculty, uh, you just heard my air conditioner kick on, so it's getting warmer. I'm on my back deck, by the way. Uh, we are born with faculties uh, that allow us to go on the spiritual journey and each one of us may have those faculties to a different degree, understand those faculties to a different degree, but 
I'm convinced that we all have them to some degree. And one of those faculties, one of those things I believe that we are equipped with is a, a, an intuition, a deep knowing, if you will. I know the word intuition, as all words are, uh, can be twisted, ma- uh, manipulated, and used inappropriately. It's like the word love. You know, what does it really mean? And that's part of finding meaning too, finding deeper meanings and explanation of words. Um, what I mean by intuition is that uh, I believe we all have a very deep inner sense of right and wrong, a deep inner sense of the reality we're in, a deep inner sense of other people, uh, their motives, their agendas, their their energy, if you will. We all have a a deep sense of that. Have you ever, I mean, I think we've all done this. Have you ever uh, met someone and just didn't feel right? They just didn't feel comfortable with that person. Uh, You know, that's an intuitive notion. And I'm not talking about being annoyed at their behavior. I'm not talking about not liking them because, you know, they don't like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches or something silly. I'm talking about just a sense that something's askew with this person. Or, and this happens more often than than not, do you encounter someone where once you give them a chance, you go, you know, this person's all right. This person, you know, they're, they they seem to care. Uh, They they seem to uh, strive to understand and and they seem good. That's also a deep intuitive sense. I believe it's out of that sense of things that we really find real depth to our meaning. Uh, Intuition is the voice that we have ignored spiritually. Let me say that again. Our, Our intuition, the intuitive faculty that you have, that I have, is the voice, the spiritual voice, that deep Uh, quiet voice that we have all ignored because when we are born into the world we might have that faculty but almost instantly people begin to the world begins to systems begin to try to take it from us imagine if you will a world where everyone knew right from wrong knew uh, when uh, darkness or evil is 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 in someone's agenda. Uh, imagine a world with highly in tune uh, intuition inside people, and then imagine how many institutions that need to control people would not have that control. So it is almost automatic, folks. It, it, is, it is sinister in so many ways how our systems, our institutions, our, our way of being tries to erase or dismiss or get rid of people's intuition. Uh, And there is really only one way to regain that voice and that is to simply listen. Listen to your intuition. I'll say it now, I have said it a million times, 95% of the trouble, the problems we have as a society and as people would probably go away if we would follow that true voice. Now here's, this, here's the catch, here's the difficulty. Uh, 
we have mistaken other voices for that intuitive voice. And it took me forever to understand this. It took, it took me a long time to understand that, that we allow other people to take the place of that deep connection to the universe that is our intuition. We allow uh, religion, uh, pol- uh, politics, uh, systems, schooling to take over. We mistake our intellect for our intuition, and they are not. Hear me, people, please. Your intellect is not your intuition. What you know intellectually, what you believe intellectually, which is probably most things that we believe, is not your intuitive voice. But we are so trained to function out of a sense of intellect that we have dismissed and gotten rid of things that connect us like intuition things that connect us to the universe in deep ways our systems of of economics our systems of religiosity our systems of politics our systems of of learning are all geared out of a set of ideas concepts, precepts that derive from the intellect of the human and not the deep connection that human has with the universe. I worked in religion for a very long time, met really good folk, met some not so good folk, uh, just like working in a factory. I see no difference between religions and working somewhere, uh, being in a club, being anywhere else, I have met uh, many good people in my journey through religion. But the one thing I know is this, that those dogmas, those precepts that come from people's intellects uh, only carry you so far. At some point, that intellect, that way of thinking has to be let go, and you have to accept a mystery that you can't explain with a book. I remember being in uh, college and in my courses of study at seminary and, and getting these books that were 700 pages long on theories about who God is and you know uh, how to understand. It just was like drinking sand. It, it made no sense to me. Quite frankly, in hindsight, being a religious person was not a very smart idea for me. Uh, but you live and you learn. And, and uh, because I wasn't listening, as I have done so many times, I wasn't listening to my deeply intuitive voice tell me that, you know, this is just not where you belong. And nothing but trouble comes from that when we don't listen to that intuitive voice. I believe right now a lot of the anxiety, and as I have said in my prior podcast, Uh, a lot of the necessary anxiety that we are having is coming from a deeply intuitive sense that we need to change who we are fundamentally as humans. Not just politically, we don't just need to vote, which we need to do, or we don't just need to reform systems, which we we always need to do those things. But I'm convinced that, I'm convinced intuitively, 
that we are experiencing a transformational change. And fundamentally what it means to be a human being. That this generation and the generations around it that are still alive are really experiencing for the first time and maybe for the first time ever in the human experience since we communicate so instantly we are experiencing transformational change instantly uh, through circumstances beyond our control our societies uh, our individualism it's all being checked our intellect will not get us through this thing, this pandemic that's bigger than us. The people we elect are not the gurus of politics. The people we listen to are not the gurus of religion. Uh, there are no real gurus. Uh, and I think that's been one of the fundamental problems uh, with how we approach things. We pin our hopes on a human. Uh, we pin our hopes on what this pastor, this rabbi, or this priest might say, or, or this congressman or president. Or, uh, and when we do that, we have pinned our hopes on something other than our deeply intuitive voice, which ultimately, folks, ultimately is our way of conversating with our higher power and the universe. We have to, and we will be led to, I'm convinced, a moment when we realize this as a collective human race. That this is not about what we believe, but it is indeed and in fact about what we are. We are moving from intellectual faith to ontological faith. And that is to say, a faith of being. Ontological is being. We are being directed to be something rather than intellectually uh, profess something and this is all leading us there in some way do I believe there's a purpose behind it I believe only if we give it purpose as I have said and I will state again I think this is all random I think viruses and and um, people making decisions to uh, to live out of the intellect it's it's all a random thing until until we decide uh, to make it spiritual. And I think we are in the process of making something that is very random and very much bigger than us into something intuitively uh, edifying and and deeply spiritual. Uh, It is as old as the story of Jesus. You know, crucifixion, death, resurrection transformation 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 I believe the meaning for me can only really be found when we finally come to the understanding that all of life is transformation it's all transformation and every decision that is made by us can either lead to transformation or to stagnation when we give our intuition, our spirituality over to other humans uh, in, in bad relationships or in wrong-headed institutions, uh, we choose stagnation. 
when we listen to the deep intuitive voice, when we free ourselves from ego and the systems that quash our intuitive voice, when we free ourselves from those systems, uh, we find truth. May this day, brothers and sisters, you find truth. The truth that will lead you to uh, your meaning, your purpose, and the fulfillment of what your deep intuitive voice, because it's there, the fulfillment of what your deep intuitive voice is telling you. Have a good day, and uh, know that you're cared for, my friends. Bye-bye.